0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are two guys scared about the future of Star Wars. One could say we have a bad feeling about this. I'm Matt Johnson. I'm trying to get through the Clone Wars. I am really trying. I started with the movie and let me tell you what, it's a short movie, but uh, I can't really finish it. (laughs) You know, I,
1: uh, I saw you put this on here and I was like, I have been watching the Clone Wars on and off for about a year now. I've taken a break for a little bit and I was like, I wonder how far I am. I got to be on season three, right?
0: Um, I'm on season one, episode nine. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, the sad part is I'm not even planning to watch all of it. I've literally just like pulled up those lists, like on Twitter and stuff, of like the episodes you need to watch and the order. So it's not like a lot, but it's still tough. (laughs) I'm still struggling to get started.
1: (laughs) Uh, and I'm Austin Terry, and I think B2Emo deserves his own Star Wars spinoff project.
0: Now that, I can get behind. That is something I agree with, and I will watch seven seasons of that. So, there we go. Get on that day, Filoni. On today's show, we are keeping the Star Wars theme going, but this time we are discussing everything and all things announced at Star Wars Celebration this year. Which does the future of the franchise hold? It's time to find out. Austin, I want to ask you a simple question to get started. How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Like, all this news, because there is so much, would you say overall good, bad, somewhere in the middle? I think the future looks bright for Star
1: Wars. Um, there are, I will say, two projects that I could care less about, <laughs> um, but easily my number one Star Wars project is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
0: Me too. Me too. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
1: Why did they show that trailer at the Star Wars I event? I don't know.
0: I guess it's just a whole Lucasfilm thing, but. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a trailer.
1: <laughs> no, I am excited. I think there are some really cool projects. I think expanding the timeline seems to be like the key of this event, and I think that's a smart idea. I do think, though, there are some projects where Star Wars is going back to their worst instincts and they want to do the same stuff we've seen over and over again. But the new stuff, uh, I'll, I'll check it out for sure.
0: Yeah, I th- I think for the most part, I'm with you. There's a lot of stuff that I'm not only nervous about, but I just don't understand the thinking behind it. But I think the high like I think with a lot of star wars media, the hives are very high, so there's a lot of stuff they announced that came out of nowhere, did not expect it at all, and a lot of those things sound really awesome and kind of get me excited to you know break away from the familiar stuff, like like the Skywalker saga and just you know a lot of characters that you know we've revisited over and over again. so I think for the most part, all the stuff that seems like it's going to be Breaking new ground is really exciting. There's even some shows and movies that are going back to the familiar, but it does. I don't know. There's something about a few of these projects that feel new despite that, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I think overall, I would say I'm pleasantly surprised with the news we got. But there is definitely, like all Star Wars media, a lot of bad things to make fun of.
1: (laughs) Well, and unfortunately, we do have to keep in mind that given Star Wars' hit rate,
0: 85% of this stuff will be terrible. 5% 5% will be good, and maybe 10% will be great. That's exactly right. And some of the 10% that will be great will probably be Indiana Jones, <laughs> not even Star Wars. <laughs> all right. So, Austin, let's go ahead and get into this. We're going to bring up and discuss all the news breaking at Star Wars Celebration this past weekend. There are a lot of movies and TV shows to talk about and get to. And honestly, based on the time we're recording, there's going to be some stuff that we miss because the event's still going on. But I think we have most of the good stuff here, so I'm excited. Let's get into it. All right, Austin. So we have a big old list on our dock here. Uh, We have to start uh, with a conversation that I think most people start with when they talk about Star Wars, and that is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Let's just bring it up and get it out of the way quick. They showed it. I know it's a Lucasfilm thing. The only weird part is like now that this event is like days in, this seems to be the only non-Star Wars thing they've shown, (laughs) which is goofy, but it's there. So we got to talk about it. Austin, did you like this trailer? I actually avoided the trailer because I'm so
1: excited for this movie, Um, even though I'm not a huge Indiana Jones guy like we've talked about in the past. um, I've seen every movie exactly once, but something about the early marketing for the show, I think maybe it's also seeing Harrison Ford and shrinking. I am so pumped for this movie. It may actually be moving up to like my most anticipated of the year. Uh, And so I just am at a point where I don't need to see any more footage.
0: I can't wait. And I saw some like screen grabs that I thought was cool, but I avoided the trailer overall. Okay. That's a good call. It's a good call. I did watch it and I can confidently say it's the best like thing they've shown in regards to this movie. So it only got me more excited. That's what you hope for. And I think they even build this one as the final trailer. So it's like a final push. Definitely got me pumped. I cannot wait later this year to not only watch it and review it on the show, but also like rewatch all the other ones and do an episode about that beforehand so it's going to be lots of good indiana jones content this
1: year and of course james mangold is directing this one uh he was there in person which i thought was smart for star wars because then they got to announce uh his big movie
0: very cool i mean i certainly did not expect this if anything i thought that they would do like an adaptation of knights of the old republic which i always um when i think of the old republic i think that's like a thousand or so years before the prequels um, I always figured there was going to be a movie adaptation of that. I did not anticipate they, they were going to drop news about a new movie that took place even well before that, like literally following the first Jedi and the first Force users. It sounds super cool. I think really, I mean, the exciting thing, all we really know is that James Mangold is attached and that's kind of enough for me. And yeah, I mean, the comparisons they're throwing out, I mean, he called out Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. I'm like, wow, that's going to be really interesting. But the thing that kind of gets me excited is... In a weird way, uh, whenever I read this, I was thinking about the good old days of Assassin's Creed. I was kind of thinking about the Mm, origins of that franchise because one of the things I always loved is, you know, by nature of what that franchise is, whenever they had to introduce the origins of the assassins, you kind of have to also introduce the origins of um, like how that mantra got twisted into the Templars. So I'm thinking like a Dawn of the Jedi movie – If they're going to be they've only talked about, you know, it's about the first force users and the first Jedi. But what's going to happen where it gets twisted for the first time and you get like the dark side of the force introduced, you get your first sip. How does that work? Is it kind of like a Cain and Abel type story? I don't know. But either way, it sounds like uh, that could be some really interesting water to tread. And I also love that they're not at least at, at this time, they're not saying this is a trilogy. It just sounds like this is a one off, interesting look at the beginning, just a one movie thing.
1: Yeah, and I think a slow, like, standalone, really focused Star Wars movie will be unique and something we really haven't gotten at all from this franchise, so I'm excited about that. I also like, we mentioned at the beginning, but Kathleen Kennedy has really, like, she's really stressing expanding the timeline, so we do have this movie, we have another movie we'll talk about later, set kind of in the middle, and we have another movie they announced that's going to come, like, further in the future than we've ever seen in this franchise, so nothing sounds like a very, they announced three movies, but it's not like a connected trilogy, which I think is interesting, and I kind of like checking in on these different timelines of the Star Wars universe. The idea of that seems really cool. Two of the three of these movies are familiar and and stuff we've seen before,
0: um, so I'm not as excited for those, but man, this James Mangold, the way they're pitching it, I think it's so cool. And also something worth bringing up, tying it back to Indiana Jones again, one of the things I really like about the looks that I've seen in his Indiana Jones movie is, obviously he's the only person that's making an indie movie that isn't Steven Spielberg. Um, and all the Spielberg ones, they have like a consistent look and feel to them because you know Spielberg is the person making them. And the thing I like about Mangold's, like this last one here, is it feels like Indiana Jones, but it also looks like a completely new vision. So if he could bring that to Star Wars. That's kind of what I always want. I want it to feel like Star Wars, but I want it to look completely different. I want it to have its own feel. And so he's already proven that with Indiana Jones just by the trailers. So I think he can bring that to Star Wars too.
1: And that's what we all loved about Andor, was it it is Star Wars, but it feels so different than everything else. So I like the idea of doing this. Um, Also interesting, unrelated to Star Wars, but he did confirm he's writing and directing Swamp Thing in an interview. I'm so
0: excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Good things for James Mangold coming up, like we said. Um I guess that's kind of the natural transition Austin uh, I guess we should talk about the other movies you know we're talking about the new here so let's talk about the familiar something I also equally did not expect is Dave Filoni is getting his uh kind of big break into the live action uh movie space for Star Wars he is directing this time and it's it's kind of interesting I guess we could kind of like tentatively call this movie the Mandoverse they're they're essentially saying this is the movie that will culminate All of the shows that we've been watching over the last few years and will continue to come out. So this is going to somehow wrap up Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, which that show got canceled. But now they've kind of forced that show into Mando season three, Book of Boba Fett, etc. So this is kind of weird. They're being a little bit cagey on whether this truly will be like the last we see of these characters. Like, will this kind of work as the finale of the Mandalorian, they're not fully saying either way, but it sounds like this will be like a culmination event and they're doing it as a movie, which is interesting. It's
1: weird when you step back and think about how Disney also owns Marvel and they have all this experience taking these franchises and setting up the Avengers. It kind of feels like that's what they're doing Mm. with this Mando movie is they have all these other projects and they want this to be their big Avengers film. I think this is a cool idea. And the only reason I think that is because they're having to shoehorn all of these other characters into Mando, Boba Fett, things like that, and so it always feels like wasted time in those shows. But if we have a movie centered around everybody coming together, that could be an interesting story. I also trust Dave Filoni a bit more than John Favreau, so I kind of want to see what this side of Star Wars looks like uh, with Dave Filoni kind of fully in charge of this movie.
0: I agree with that because I mean we know Filoni is heavily involved in the current live action shows. It sounds like. The most involved he ever will be, we'll talk about later, is with Ahsoka. But when it comes to like Mandalorian and Book of Oba Fett, he is involved. But he's like his writing and directing credits are basically they amount to like one per season. Other than that, he's just like an executive producer behind the scenes. So I am curious what his involvement will look like and how different will this movie feel compared to those other things. To be frank, my big worry is, despite what I just said, I'm not a fan of the current state of the Star Wars live action shows. So the idea that they're doing a movie that will, you know, be about those stories isn't that thrilling to me at this current time. If we, were, if this was announced right after Mando season two, you would have had me in the theater day one. I would have been so excited. But after Book of Boba Fett, after watching most of Mando season three, it's not a, as an exciting prospect, unfortunately. Hopefully, something like a so good can come out and like get me excited again. But especially when it comes to Mandalorian being a kind of like the Mando verse, the titular like uh, name of this universe, weird fucking show.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, this is not one of my most like anticipated of everything they announced. Um, if they can keep the tone of season two and the Mando episodes that were in the book of Boba Fett, I'll be interested in this movie for sure. But if it has the like jokey almost like, I hate to say it, but like kiddie feel of the Mandalorian season three, then I think this is going to be a weird
0: ass movie. It just needs focus and focus is the opposite of what Mando season three has been. So we'll see what happens. It sounds like this movie is kind of a ways off. Um, So we'll see. They have a lot of time to work it out and get it figured out.
1: My other question, given where this takes place in the timeline is what would the villain be? Is it going to have to be Moff Gideon again? Because we can't really do the sequel trilogy villains. We can't really do the past villains. Like we're in this weird space where they're kind of limited on how much like actual Sith villains they could do in
0: this show. It's a good question. I think part of the issue is we haven't seen all of the projects that would be a part of this movie. So for example, it seems like from like the occasional dialogue we've gotten about it mentioned in the Mandalorian, it sounds like Moff Gideon either works for or is involved with Grand Admiral Thrawn. We know Thrawn's going to be in Ahsoka. If he makes it out of that show, maybe he becomes the main villain of this movie. I don't know. All, All I know is it feels like this weird, like these stories in between episode six and episode seven are somehow with like the Dr. Pershing stuff. It feels like they're building toward explaining how Snoke was created with the clones. Yeah. And kind of, I guess, just like in general, the rise of the First Order. So maybe that's where this movie ends. Maybe it kind of ends on a downer. It's like, oh, we had like a small win, but we know eventually the First Order and Snoke are going to rise anyway. So maybe it's building towards that. I don't know. I
1: feel like that's all they could do. And unfortunately, it's just very predictable because Star Wars (laughs) loves to have
0: everything be connected. All right. Well, that's actually a good transition because we have the third movie project, which feels equally predictable, but also it is going off into uncharted territory. So it's like, while it is tied to the Skywalker saga, they could do something completely new, but we'll see. And that, of course, is the Daisy Ridley project that they announced. Uh, she is returning as Rey for a movie set after the events of Rise of Skywalker. We know it's 15 years later, which is interesting, and it's directed by Charmaine Obey Chinoy. Um, we don't know too much about it, except that Rey is trying to rebuild the Jedi Order, um, you know, which. We've seen a lot of people try and fail to do. How many in the times past? does this
1: order need to be rebuilt? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: the prequels were about that. Then they fucked up. Uh, Fallen Order was about that, and then the game ended. Uh, and then Luke... maybe she
1: really should have listened to Luke and just
0: stop. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's what he was trying to do. You no, know, <laughs> we are two people that are kind of fans of the Last Jedi, so we are probably in the um. Minority on that one, but maybe I should have listened to your old pal, Luke. Um, We also know now that this was the movie written by Damon Lindelof, but he ended up leaving the project. So it's unclear how much this will change. Maybe they'll just scrap it completely and do something new. And also, of course, when you're talking about Daisy Ridley returning as Ray, you know, I think a big question that comes up is. Are we going to see other familiar faces? And it's very unclear. John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, for example, we have no idea. And they both, I think, for very fair reasons, have been extremely critical publicly about the franchise and their time in it uh, since those movies came out. So do they even want to be in this? I don't know. Uh, so it's kind of up in the air right now. So also, when you think about this project...
1: This is one of the two where I'm like, I could care less about this thing. Nothing against Daisy Ridley. I like her as Rey. I think she's a good actress. I just don't care about this era of Star Wars. Um, I think, honestly, this sequel trilogy, minus uh, The Rise of Skywalker, is worse than the prequel trilogy, so I don't want to spend any more time in this side of the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, um, that's kind of my gut reaction as well. Uh, Kind of trying to force myself to be positive about it. Like I said, I mean it's it's predictable. I mean they could they might as well call this thing episode ten, basically. And it's like okay, here we go, we're doing it again. And like you said, also in the plot that they've given us, the very limited plot is Ray's trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. It's like okay, we've seen that before. We know how that usually goes. But because it is set after Rise of Skywalker and because Rey does have the benefit of learning from Luke's mistakes, one of my favorite lines in The Last Jedi is, uh, you know, like Luke freaking out about like the, the Jedi text being destroyed and like he thinks he fucked up. And then Yoda appears to him and basically tells him like the people that we teach, like the best thing that we can do is make mistakes so that they can learn from us. So if Rey has learned from Luke, then it could make for something where it's successful. And in that sense, it could be really different and new for Star Wars. Um, and in a, in a weird way, the idea of like Rey being the only familiar face coming back, that might even be more exciting to me. But that won't happen. The, yeah. That won't happen. <laughs> there will be other familiar faces. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Uh, this one is the one that I'm least excited for, like you said, but I do admit that it has potential to be different, but I'm not hopeful right now.
1: I'm with you. I also wonder if this will come out and just feel like another Star Wars movie and people will love it because they'll be so excited and it will kind of take that Force Awakens trend where time passes and then everyone realizes this is just a remake,
0: so we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. All right, well, there's your three movies. Those are uh, what people were anticipating. I guess they knew going into this event that movies were going to be announced and they announced three of them, so there you go um exciting stuff. I like how you said it, Austin. You know, we have one that is the earliest in the Star Wars timeline, we have one that is the latest, and then we have one that's in the middle that kind of has to do with a lot of the TV shows you've been watching. So there's something for everybody. But speaking of the TV shows, let's get into some of these. Uh do you want to start, Austin, with Skeleton Crew?
1: Yeah, this one this is one where I kind of wish they'd released a trailer. I know mm. they said they put footage out at the celebration. I've been trying to read about it. You may know more about this than I do. Um, Jude Law being involved as a Jedi sounds super cool. I know they described it as like a coming of age story. But beyond that, isn't this set like in the Mando timeline? So
0: I was just a little confused about what the premise of the show is. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess we could have called that one out earlier. I think this one is set in the Mando timeline. So I guess it is. It's, you know, it's between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, I believe. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's been compared to the Goonies. It follows young kids that get lost in the Star Wars universe and are trying to make their way home. Like, like I agree with you. I, I think they said this as a 2023 release, which is makes it all the more surprising that it didn't get any trailer in that sense. I think this is one that could have benefited from showing some footage to the public. And like you said, uh, we already knew Jude Law was in it, but we now also know that Banshees have been a Star Carrie Condon is joining them too. She's great. I love her. Really, um, I think the, the main piece of news is instead of showing a trailer, they announced the lineup of directors, which um, is like, eh, OK. But then whenever I actually looked at the line of directors, I was like, damn, that's, that's a good lineup. Uh, so you have John Watts, who everybody knows from the Spider-Man trilogy, the MCU one. You have David Lowry, who's done a lot of great indie movies, a ghost story. The Daniels, who are fresh off their Oscar win for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Jake Schreier, who's doing Beef on Netflix, which I started, which is incredible. And he's also doing some stuff. Beef is awesome. Yeah, and he's doing some stuff with the MCU coming up. I believe he's directing the Thunderbolts. Bryce Dallas Howard, who we love as an actress, and she's kind of building up a great name for herself as a director, directing some of the best episodes of the various um, Star Wars television shows. And Lee Isaac Chung. And, of course, coming off of the hit Jurassic Park trilogy. Oh, of course. Golly. Incredible, incredible franchise. Uh, so that's kind, of the, that's kind of the main piece. I think this is just that we have, in my opinion, a better lineup of directors than the other shows. No disrespect to a lot of those shows, but this one, there's a lot more prestige, I would say here. That's not to say that the other directors and the other shows aren't talented or not great at what they do. But th- this is definitely a different lineup, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah. And just the loose premise we got, which is, you know, kids trying to get home because they're lost. If this is like a small contained story that feels like its own little piece of the Star Wars universe that we're just seeing through like a different perspective, I like that idea. I don't like we've talked about it a lot. I don't need everything to be connected to the Force and the Sith. I also think another way they could go with this is if this is maybe younglings that are under the care of a Jedi that are being hunted by the Sith. Obviously that's more connected, but I think that could be a cool premise. So, there's stuff here to be excited about, but like you said, right now, all we really know is the talent behind and in front of the camera. And it sounds promising just from this cast and crew.
0: 100%. I wasn't really excited for this show, um, but after seeing the director lineup, it's definitely piqued my interest. So if it does come out this year, I will look forward to watching it.
1: All right. This next one uh, is my other like most anticipated, I Ooh. think. It's Star Wars The Acolyte. I'm glad
0: to hear you say that.
1: Uh, it's being described as Frozen meets Kill Bill, which is a premise I never thought I would have uttered. <laughs> yeah. But this is coming out, I think, early 2024. It's a mystery thriller set in the Star Wars universe, but you're being told from the perspective of the Sith, and it's set about 100 years before the prequels.
0: Yeah, uh, this is one that we've heard about for a long time. Um, Part of me felt like it was going to get canned at some point just because we had heard nothing for years. I'm so glad it's finally coming out. Um, It sounds like the team behind it is great, and they're trying to do something different. I'm very curious about, like, the timeline here, I'm, I'm liking the idea of close to the start of the prequels, but far enough away to tell its own thing. Um, and yeah, perspective of the bad guys sounds super interesting for once. Um, I don't know. This one This one sounds great.
1: And Leslie Hedlund, the creator, has said this is the Sith when they're outnumbered by the Jedi and are the minority, which I think is really cool because we've always kind of only seen it where really the Jedi are the one that have the numbers. So I like this idea. Um, they've also said that the lead... That the lead in the show could be playing twins where one goes to the Jedi Order and the other becomes a Sith Assassin, which a Sith Assassin sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think Star Wars, like we saw with Andor, I I like to see them play around with genres a little bit. And the idea of like just a simple mystery thriller story told in the Star Wars universe, I think could be really great. Um, And yeah, like we said, the cast is great. You also have Squid Game's Lee Jung Jae, who is confirmed to be playing a Jedi Master. I think Daphne Keen is his apprentice, which sounds like a fun, different type of pairing, which I like. Um, I wasn't sad we didn't get a trailer because we do know this one's 2024. So I get that. But this is one that I'm hotly anticipating as well.
1: I I also like because this is 100 years before the prequel. So this will be the furthest back we've gone in live action in Star Wars. So excited to see that this should be this should really be characters we don't know. So also excited for that, too.
0: Well, you know, there's going to be a Yoda cameo, except he won't have as much white hair. He'll be slightly mm. younger, I guess. Maybe we'll see how Grogu got conceived. That's you know, something I've been kind of, uh, I've been looking forward to seeing. And I hope they show everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Yaddle cameo. <laughs> All right, Austin, I think we should stay on um, our hot streak here. Let's talk about another thing that we're obviously hotly anticipating, and that's Andor Season 2. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> if they had had
1: this whole three-day event and only talked about Andor Season 2, I would have been like, great event. would have been enough. Great event.
0: Yep. Um, so it's exciting. I know it is still far off, but it's not. It's not as far as I thought it could be. So we know that they're aiming for an August 2024 release date on this one. Uh, They're currently halfway through shooting. Um, I guess we already knew this, but, you know, this is season two, but it's also the final season. Uh, But something that's really exciting is we got confirmation that this is leading directly into Rogue One and they are going to continue the trend from season one of having arcs. So kind of like in season one, how you had the Aldehani heist arc, you had the prison arc. Uh, This one is doing something a little bit different. It has to do more with time. So apparently this takes place one year after season two, and then each batch of episodes will cover a a time period of one year, eventually, of course, leading up to the 12th and final episode, which I guess leads directly into Rogue One. So we're covering a lot more time here. I love this idea. Um, I think now that, I think where we left off with Cassian in season
1: one, where he is now joining the Rebel Alliance, I think it's going to be so cool to watch this get founded. I think, uh, like Keith really wanted from season one, um, I think we're going to get to see some bases get formed. I think we're going to go to some familiar places, but I just trust this team so much. Um, I've talked about this, but Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie, and I think Andor season one was fantastic. So whatever they want to tell me, I will sit there and watch every minute of it and love it.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, I, I, there's nothing really specifically that I need or, like, want to see. I'm just excited to see whatever they end up doing. So, like, if they, you know, do some weird, like, one-off episode about forming the Hoth base, that'd be awesome. Do they need to do it? No, but (laughs) they could do whatever. I love these (laughs) characters. I'm excited to, like, see some of the interview clips of the actors talking about their characters and their roles. They've been really good. It sounds like they're just as big of fans of season one as everybody else was um the only i guess specific thing i am excited for admittedly is to see some type of like friendship form between cassian and Andor and alan tudyk's uh k2 so he was supposed to be in season one and then they were like you know what we're gonna hold off we're gonna save him for season two so i'm excited to see that because i mean that is one of the great you know friendships and relationships in rogue one so it'll be fun to see where that started
1: did you see that fun interview with Andy Serkis where they asked him if he thought his character was still alive? And he said, yes, he's uh, sitting back in a cell doing karaoke on the intercom. Beautiful.
0: That's where he should be. That's <laughs> where he should be. <laughs> oh, man. All right, awesome. Let's go from something really great to something terrible. Apparently, they showed the seventh episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, and who cares? I guess the big thing is they showed Moff Gideon, so he's back, I guess. <laughs>
1: Oh, I stopped watching after episode five. Me too. So after after care.
0: our episode on it, I, I stopped watching and I heard the sixth episode is like the worst of the series. <laughs> yeah.
1: The only thing I saw about this was I saw it trending on Twitter and there are people saying George Lucas would be rolling over in his grave. And I was like, he's still alive. So, <laughs> Oh, George.
0: <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, I did feel vindicated, though, after seeing how much Twitter hated this episode. I, I kind of did too, even though. I found a lot to like in the first half, but I I think they're losing it. Remember when this season was supposed to be out retaking Mandalore? Anyway, let's move on to Ahsoka uh, officially coming out this August. And they released the first trailer before we kind of get into the details. uh, Did you watch the trailer for this one, Austin? If so, what'd you think?
1: I did. I thought it looked cool. Um, I did feel like I was a little bit on the outside in in this trailer because it seemed like this was really geared towards Clone Wars fans where they were showing characters from the show and how they look in live action. So I think that's really cool for all those fans. I will say I'm very interested in this story, and I like that it looks very focused on Ahsoka's trying to figure out where this kind of Sith leader and Admiral Thrawn is, and uh, figure out how to stop him or like figure out what his plans are.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've just thought visually, it, l- it looked really stunning. Um, like you said, I'm happy for the fans of, I guess, Star Wars Rebels in particular, because you're getting a lot of characters uh, that were in that show in animation, of course, who are now coming in uh, to live action. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, for example, is playing one of them. Uh, Natasha Lou Berdizo playing these like characters that people love with, you know, Sabine, I guess, and um, Hera. So that's cool. Um, something also very cool for the fans and something that I'm actually excited about because I love this actor. Um, Lars Mickelson, Mads Mickelson's brother, is playing... He he voiced Thrawn in Rebels, from what I understand, and he's kind of doing the whole Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan thing, where now he's coming into live action and playing the character, and that and that's awesome. And from the little like leaked screenshot I saw, I was like, oh shit, he looks kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, know it works because Katie Sackoff does a great job uh, in The Mandalorian, so I'm excited for that. I also thought the way Ahsoka moved looked really cool because it looks exactly how it does in Clone Wars, and Rosario Dawson talked about how. They've been training like 14 hours a week trying to do the acrobatics to make it feel the same if you come from Clone Wars and Rebels into the show that everybody will move and feel exactly how they do in an animation.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited for a new type of villain. I like the idea of Thrawn being, you know, like grand admiral status. He's, he's not a Sith himself. But I mean, over the years, I mean, all I've heard is like he's one of just the best villains that Star Wars has ever produced. So I'm excited to experience that. I'm going to watch, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels before this comes out. Uh, but I'm excited to learn more about this character. And um, you know, I mean, it's just a trailer, so it's it's hard to talk about. It's just a teaser, but like seeing I don't even know if I would call them Sith. I mean, they had orange lightsabers in this trailer, but those two Sith like beings, I guess I would say, like they they were kind of scary. And their choreography was really <laughs> was really like kind of sick. So I'm excited to see uh some more good fights. Uh Rosario Dawson always looks great as Ahsoka. Um and apparently, they have like said at the outset, this is not like a mini series type thing. If this is like received very well, they will do a second season of this. So that's interesting to note as well. Yeah, that is interesting. I also,
1: it's going to be cool to see someone who was in the Jedi Order but never got to become a Jedi, and how they have to kind of take a lead in this time frame after Order sixty six. I'm excited to see that in live action.
0: Me too. I think, um, like like we said earlier, um, even though I'm not a fan of the current state of something like the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, certainly not. But the idea of, I guess, that um, the balance shifting where we know Jon Favreau is also producing this, but the idea of him taking more of a backseat and Dave Filoni coming more to the forefront uh, for the first time is more like admittedly exciting to me. Uh, I kind of trust him more. No offense to Jon Favreau, but it's just I'm excited for to see a little bit of difference. So hopefully it's like this show kind of knocks it out of the park. So maybe, you know, he can (laughs) they can maintain that going forward. And I think full offense
1: to John Favreau <laughs> because every time a Mandalorian episode ends and it comes up and says written and directed by John Favreau, it's usually the worst ones they put out. <laughs> That's
0: fair. <laughs> John, what happened, man? Make Chef too. I was just gonna I trust bring you with that one. I was just gonna say, do you remember? <laughs> <I love> chef Chef. <laughs> Dang, what a movie. What a movie. All right, Austin. Let's do some quick hits here. Let's do some quick hits. Let's let's start with one that is absolutely baffling. Uh, I literally laughed out loud when I read this. Uh, Din Djarin is no longer the titular Mandalorian um, (laughs) executive producer. At least they
1: know it, I I guess, guess, because it's kind of – I mean, that's what we talked about in last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there (laughs) is some some
0: self-awareness, which I guess is good, maybe. Executive producer Rick Famaiwa confirms that the title is now a reference to the rebuilding of the Mandalorians, and Bo-Katan specifically could be considered the Mandalorian as well. She may get a spinoff. Um, so let's talk about that. And also maybe we could talk about the controversy a little bit because, oh, Jesus Christ, you talked about Twitter a little bit ago. Fans are upset <laughs> that Dinjarin doesn't feel like the main character anymore. And usually when it comes to these types of controversy, I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Who cares? Um, and of course I do feel the same way about this, but I can at least get it a little bit like, it's like, oh, he's just not the main character anymore. I didn't, that, that's weird. <laughs> so I, I kind of get some of it. but What do you think about all this? The only reason I care about this is just because season three is not good.
1: He doesn't have to be the main character for the show to be good. But if the writing and the story they were telling me was interesting, um, I wouldn't really care that he's not the main character. But because he's not the main character and season three isn't good, I'm kind of just left questioning what are they doing and what
0: is the plan for the show? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I think at this point, I'm just going to wait for the last few episodes of Mando to come out and then I'll watch the last two or three whatever it is. I am curious where it ends, but I mean, at this point, I guess there's two episodes left in their season and they're not retaking Mandalore. Is that, are they saving that for season four? Does season four not really follow Din Djarin anymore, like at all? Is it more like Bo Katan focus? Like, I don't know. So uh, I'm just curious what the future of this specific show is. Like we said, we know eventually Dave Filoni will make a movie that I guess will finish off and, you know, tie some bows and tie some knots that wrap up storylines or whatever. But like what its future as like as a show before that movie is very up in the air right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: actually interesting cuz Tony Gilroy talked about with Anders season 2 how they already know the ending so it's easier to write towards that goal yeah. and be more focused. And he did mention there are other shows out there that don't have an ending and you're just at some point you're left wondering what's the point. And I don't think that was a shot at the Mandalorian or anything but it is a fair thing to think about is what is the point of the show because I can't tell what the goal is anymore and it seemed like we accomplished the goal of the show in season two, which was get Grogu to
0: the Jedis. And then they wrap that up in a different show. <laughs> and then they did another yeah. season of the previous show where it's like, oh, it's just, just Grogu and Mando again.
1: <laughs> I just have to believe there was a different plan for this season. And Pedro
0: Pascal was just too busy. He's just such a hot talent right now that they had to work around his schedule. But let's be honest. I mean, he's just voice acting, right? I understand Pedro Pascal is busy, but it's like, you can't get him in a booth, like occasionally. Like, how, how much time is he putting into the show? He's not in the suit anymore. There's no way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think they had to write it in a way where, because he gets redeemed in episode two, so his helmet's back on, so now he can just be
0: a voice actor. Whereas season two, <laughs> so right. his helmet was off more, so he had to be on set. Can you, <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall where John Favreau and Dave Filoni are sat in a room like... We got to come up with a story so Pedro can just voice act. (laughs) (laughs) He can't be on set. I mean, no bullshit. Do you think this is, it can't be a time commitment issue. Is this like a Henry Cavill Witcher thing? Is there a chance that Pedro Pascal is just ready to be done? Does he not want to do any more of this? Probably.
1: He sounds, he sounds bored as hell. He Skyped in the (laughs) Star Wars celebration. He didn't go to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pedro. We still love you though. We still love you. I love him. I mean, I'd be bored, too. This season sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the the other side of that coin. Kathleen Kennedy was also asked about another project upcoming that has not been talked about in a very long time. And that is Lando. And this is a show that I've been kind of clamoring for. I've always wanted to see Donald Glover come back as Lando. I like the idea of doing a Disney Plus show. And I also kind of like the idea of using this as a way to make a solo too, for example. It would be nice to see Amelia Clark come back, Alden Ehrenreich come back for like maybe like a couple little appearances. But anyway, just the idea of Lando and Donald Glover kind of still being a priority for Star Wars is exciting to hear. I, I really hope this comes out sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I knew you'd be excited about this. You are the biggest and only solo fan I know. uh, So I know you always want more from the side of the universe. I will say if they can get Alden Enric in this show and do like a buddy thing between him and and Donald Glover's Lando, I think that could be a fun show.
0: I agree. I agree. And Donald Glover was great as Lando. So honestly, just like the premise simply being we want more Donald Glover as Lando is enough for me. Awesome. Before we move on to some more exciting news, let's take a quick detour. And you said I'm the only solo fan, you know. Let's disappoint me even further. <sighs> Ryan Johnson's trilogy is no longer in active development. This is a shame. This is criminal behavior, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm sure every other Star Wars fan, like like probably cried tears of joy when they saw this. <laughs> I will say it's not surprising to me because it
1: did always seem weird that they were going to give him a trilogy after the backlash that movie got. It just seemed like Star Wars was going to double down on uh, social media hate, <laughs> which, I mean, look, you and I both love Last Jedi, and I would have totally seen this. Um, so for me and you, it's disappointing that this is no longer happening, but I, I I will say this. It didn't surprise me when I read this.
0: Yeah, not surprising at all. Um, it was nice to, I guess, get some, like, definitive word here because for years since The Last Jedi, Kathleen Kennedy and people have been like, you know, we are still talking with Ryan. We still want to make that trilogy happen. And now they're kind of like, eh, no, I, I don't think so. i had always heard that Ryan Johnson's trilogy was in the Old Republic, which we talked about earlier, kind of like the Knights of the Old Republic era. So it's interesting that they got James Mangled on board to do a movie set even before that. So I do wonder if eventually they will kind of bridge like the time basically of the prequels, and then thousands and thousands and thousands of years before with the first Jedi. So uh, we'll see, and I, maybe Ryan Johnson will be involved in some way, but who knows? Uh, kind of sad for me, but I can understand and appreciate that most Star Wars fans are probably like, nice. <laughs> I
1: was honestly surprised Ryan Johnson ever even wanted to come back to this after what happened me to him, because I mean, it sounds like it was miserable for him when that movie came out, and he kind of got his vindication from the success of the Knives Out franchise and now Poker Face. So he doesn't need the write stars anymore. He
0: can write whatever he wants and someone will buy that stuff because he's proven to be a great writer and director. 100%. I, I love him. I love what he's doing with his kind of just like love for mysteries and Agatha Christie right now with Poker Face and Knives Out, like you said. Uh, so good on him. What if he wrote a mystery in the Star Wars That'd universe? Be sick. That'd be cool. But to me, like you said, I mean, it sounds like that was a miserable time in his life having like just that. Those death threats and stuff, but if he had come back to Star Wars, that would have been kind of been like badass and kind of a middle finger to yeah. those people just like, I love Star Wars. I'm gonna do it. Fuck you.
1: Um It would have been a middle finger to Mark Hamill too, because even Mark Hamill came out and said he didn't like that. God, I love it.
0: Mark Hamill, but I've never been more annoyed than watching him talk about the last Jedi. It's <laughs> like
1: shut up, you old. I fundamentally man.
0: disagree with everything shut you're doing up. with this character. <laughs> <laughs> um What is interesting? But my job
1: is to act, and now I will
0: act. Uh, what is interesting is yeah talking about Ryan Johnson not you know that project not in active development uh, apparently and I assume this one was not in active development but Taika Waititi is actually still doing his Star Wars film. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that he's writing the script by himself and he doesn't want anybody else influencing it, so that's why it's taking a while. Uh, but she said that in a good way. She was like you know praising his unique voice and like they wanted to protect that. Um, but that's interesting. You know they announced three new movies at this event. Um, and then kind of like quietly behind the scenes, like, yeah, Tyke is still doing his. So I guess kind of the question is, like, when do we see that? And what is it about? Where does it take place? Is it completely removed from Skywalker saga and stuff? Kind of like the James Mangold thing. Like, I'm very curious what he would be doing. Is it like heavily comedic? No clue.
1: And that's what's always been rumored, too, is that this is set in a different part of the galaxy from where we know Star Wars to take place. And it's a whole new thing. Um I trust Taika Waititi. I think he's a great director. I think he's a very creative director. So, the idea of Star Wars in someone like his hands sounds interesting.
0: Um, I just, you know, we really don't know what to expect from this until we see footage. For sure. Let's talk about something else really exciting. It uh, turns out in, in, in our quick hit section, Austin, there's a lot of good stuff. Something that I fist pumped when I saw it pop up on my Twitter feed is Dave Obi-Wan Filoni confirms. Season two? No, <laughs> Dave Filoni confirms Tales of the Jedi season two is happening. He said he felt like he had more stories to tell, so we're getting more of it. Uh, no word on which characters it will follow, or if it will be like the same thing. Where it's like, does it follow like two characters specifically? Like last time around, we got Ahsoka and Count Dooku. No clue. Um, I actually, when I saw this off awesome, I went back to our <laughs> our episode called "Star Wars is good!" exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point. I wanted to listen to the very end of it where we talked about Tales of the Jedi to see what we like, kind of a. Uh, talked about for season two ideas and I still kind of hold to what we talked about getting a young Palpatine in the Plagueis era would be pretty cool um but despite that I mean this is very exciting news are there other characters is there anything that you would like really really love to see I kind of only want them to do a season focused on the Sith
1: basically stuff that they've written about in the like books that are canon but have never put into animation or live action like tell me those books I want to know that stuff because I'm not going to go read a Star Wars book <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I think we could actually come up with some good character options here because I'm trying to think about, and I I love Tales of the Jedi and the Ahsoka stuff was really good. But I think universally people agreed it was much more interesting seeing Count Dooku because it was kind of a character that wasn't loved and we didn't know anything about. So Tales got the chance to spend more time with him. And by the end of those short episodes, we were like, holy shit, Count Dooku just like jumped up in my rankings. So I'm trying to think. What are some other Star Wars characters that aren't super well liked and we know nothing about? And the first one that comes to mind is Snoke. It would be kind of interesting to see like a, a series of shorts following. How exactly did Snoke become the figurehead of the First Order? And we know nothing about them? What's their deal? Uh, so that's something that comes to mind. I'm sure there's a bunch of like prequel era characters as well that like we don't like, but it could turn out to be interesting. So I don't know. I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Maybe we'll get the origins of our favorite cook, Dex. We have to. I mean, that's like Keith's favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll get a a Wedge Antilles episode. I've never forgotten about that moment. Keith, our resident Star Wars (laughs) fan, called him Wedge Antilles. (laughs) It's Antilles, (laughs) you idiot. (laughs) Oh, man. And I had to ask, who is Wedge Antilles? (laughs) I was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) All right, Austin. So our last thing uh, before we close out here, we're going to leave movies and TV behind. Um, I guess I don't actually know if they did a panel at the event. I think they might have. I think I saw Cameron Monaghan was there. But uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor got us a couple like series of final trailers, one story, one gameplay. And I have to say, um, against all odds, I absolutely adored Jedi Fallen Order. I've been waiting with hot anticipation for the sequel. I think they've said now this is a trilogy. Uh, I like the way they're bridging the gap between episodes three and four. I think Cal Kestis is a really compelling character, so I'm very excited for this. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? And I also can't remember, Austin. Did you play Fallen Order? I did play Fallen Order.
1: Um, it's one I started in 2020 and did not beat till the end of last year because it is so fucking hard. It is hard. Um, yeah. So I was, I had to take a break from that game, but I loved it. Uh, it's one of the more interesting Star Wars stories told in this era. Um, obviously, ending of that game was like one of the best cliffhangers I can remember in gaming in a while. So. Can't wait for this next one to come out. I think this trailer is super fun. Really, what I'm excited to see him is continue his relationship with uh the night sister girl uh Me that too. they introduced in that game. I'm excited to see that kind of get more fleshed out.
0: Yeah, I I, I love that character. Marin Marine, I wanna say. I could be totally off on that. But that that was a big complaint of mine from the first game. It it was almost comical how they introduced her basically at the very I guess they didn't introduce her at the end, but then she joins the crew, and then there's one level left where Cal doesn't even use his team. He just swims into the base by himself. Yeah. And then the game ends. It's like, what the fuck? I wanted to know more about her. Uh, I'm (laughs) excited the trailer is focusing on her. Also exciting that um, this game takes place five years after the first one. So that means this puts us in, you know, if it's 10 years after um, Revenge of the Sith, then we're around the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So... It'll be interesting if they delve more into And they
1: showed that base in season right.
0: one of the Obi sh- of the Obi Show, yeah, which true. was
1: rebuilt and not destroyed, even though in the game
0: Cal destroyed that base, which is weird. But yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of Inquisitors in Obi One and a lot in Fallen Order. So it I mean, I know there's like This game is canon, I believe, so it'll be curious how, like, which ones are dead, which ones are alive. Like, is the Grand Inquisitor involved? I don't know. Uh, Also, the big mystery they keep teasing with this game is the character that they've showed that, like, Cal, at some point, I guess, discovers in, like, some, like, derelict building and is inside a bacta tank, and then Cal opens it, the guy comes out, and it's... I think the trailers are making it seem like he's joining the team. My prediction is he's going to end up being a villain. Um... But, yeah, they've been really hitting hard about this guy that Cal, like, just randomly stumbles across. And,
1: you know, we have to know, everybody has to, everybody in Star
0: Wars has to take a deep soak in a back the tank. You do. You do. Boba did it every day of his life because he's an old man that was <laughs> in constant pain. <laughs> um, all right. Well, also, I think it's time to close out, right? Well, you're forgetting one thing. What? Uh... Apparently, Ewan
1: McGregor wants, <laughs> against all odds, he's the only one asking for it, but he wants season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: This is without question. We've talked a lot about headlines we saw at the event that made us laugh. This, it is sad, but this is without question the funniest thing that they've announced. The headline is basically, literally, Ewan McGregor wants to do season two of Obi-Wan, but Lucasfilm doesn't. LAUGHTER <laughs> And he was at Star Wars Celebration in person. He's like sitting there, you know, uh, talking about the show and all that shit. And he's just like, yeah, what a great time. I would love to do more. And apparently, (laughs) Galen Kennedy's like, no plans right now. (laughs) And it's even
1: funny because four years ago, that headline would have flipped. It would have said Lucasfilm wants Obi-Wan Kenobi, but Ewan McGregor
0: doesn't want to do it. Oh, crazy. So crazy. The sad thing is I want to see more Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. But I don't think I want to see Obi-Wan Kenobi season two, if that makes sense. How is that season so bad? It's one of the great mysteries of our life. It truly is one of the strangest mysteries. It it always makes me wonder because that show is delayed by like one or two years because they scrapped all of the scripts and rewrote them. So it's like, what the fuck did that show used to be? Because this is what you settled on? Bad idea.
1: (laughs) And you keep mentioning like, you keep hoping to see the path again. Uh, from other projects that where we're seeing is it? where people are going to the path.
0: <laughs> where is it?
1: <laughs> I guess there could potentially be room for him to appear in that Mando movie in like a flashback or some some sort of deal.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's definitely a room for Obi-Wan to appear just in general. I mean, there's, there certainly is. I don't know where it would be. They'd have to kind of create a new story. But that's one that would kind of organically work, to your point. I mean, the path is something that I I really don't understand how... We aren't leaning more into that. I mean, I I know Obi-Wan came out relatively recently, but I want to know more about the path and like that kind of being the way that Jedi has escaped Order 66 is pretty cool to me. So again, there are good things in Obi-Wan. I would like to see Obi-Wan come back. I would like to see the path explored, but please, for the love of God, let's just not do a season two of this show. (laughs) Let's just not do it. Uh, The fact that Hayden Christensen wants to come back and only be in the Darth Vader suit is also one of life's great mysteries. Hayden. We like you well enough now. You, you don't need to be in a like covered for the rest of your career.
1: Well, I kind of want to see Obi-Wan season two. I want to see it. Um, but I only want Ewan McGregor to be an old man makeup, and I want him to be playing Ben
0: Kenobi. That would be really funny. I think they hope that Ewan McGregor would look older by the time they made that show. Because the idea of him looking like that, and then we're supposed to believe in 10 years he's Alec Guinness, is still pretty comical to me. Uh, Well, also,
1: I mean, that was supposed to be the first time he fought Darth Vader was in that movie. And then they ruined that. Uh, We
0: can't talk about that. (laughs) Uh, Mm. Why don't you kill him, Obi-Wan? You fucking idiot. All right, everybody. uh, Let's close out before Austin and I really start to lose our minds about all the decisions made in Obi-Wan Kenobi now streaming on Disney+. (laughs) So before we get out of here, Austin, let's do our Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is the part of our show where we take something positive, negative, or something in between. And just give something an award. So what's it going to be today?
1: Yeah, I think I've given you this award before, um, but I'm going to give the biggest solo fan to my friend, Matt Johnson, because I know when he read that headline about the Lando series, he audibly uh, screamed in his apartment, threw his phone down, and and ran a
0: circle around his room. Bring it back. Bring it back. Remember when Darth Maul showed up in that show? (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Remember when they were going to do
1: something with him, but then he... Put a, put a video out of him getting a
0: blowjob. <laughs> yeah, no one talks about that. <laughs> Get everybody out there listening. Uh, don't look up the video because I don't want to support that. But just Google what we're talking about. <laughs> Google, look up what Ray Park did. It's insane. Um, I guess, I, I guess with that, I mean, Austin, you were kind enough to give me an award for biggest solo fan. I guess I have to give the biggest Ray Park Instagram fan award to you. Oh, <laughs> I don't like anybody that forgets about my old friend Ray Park. And I can always count on Austin to remember him, all of his successes, and more importantly, all of his strange decisions. <laughs> it's
1: interesting. I, I don't use Instagram very much. Um, I follow two people. I follow my wife and I follow Ray
0: Park. You should share that video after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, everybody, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would really appreciate that. So continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you get your podcasts, it really does help us out. At The Arneys is our social, and the Media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode. And last week, if you want to hear us talk about some more
1: Star Wars content, um, we checked in on the mid-season of The Mandalorian Season 3, and we all called for it to be canceled. So that's our thoughts. Uh, If you want to hear us kind of break that down in more detail, be sure to go check
0: that episode out. Remember that moment where Bo-Katan became like the main character of the show, and then she went over for approval from Din Djarin, and he kind of just nodded to basically tell us, the audience, he's like... (laughs) Pedro, pa- I'm Pedro Pascal and I'm done with this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: too busy filming The Last of Us, baby. Hell yeah, brother. Remember when they didn't want to do Jedis in this show,
0: so but they still Ugh. wanted to do lightsabers. So instead of showing a lightsaber, they just made a glowy sword. Remember when they brought the actor that played Jar Jar Binks back to play a Jedi in the show that wasn't supposed to have Jedis in it? And that was the only good part of the season. That's actually true. That's actually true against all odds. Man, we should just call Mando against all odds. Uh, (laughs) Lastly, everybody, we want to hear from you. So message us over on Instagram at The Arnies or email us, thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of all this great Star Wars news and the bad? Please let us know about the bad. Uh, What are your hopes for the future of the franchise? Are you sad like sweet baby boy Ewan McGregor that Obi-Wan season two isn't happening? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. All
1: right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. May
0: the force be with you. <laughs> Star Wars reference.
1: Good. God! God! <laughs>